Welcome to today's edition of the Bible Class. Our teacher, Dr. Kenneth C. Hill, is teaching from the New Testament book of James. You may send your questions by email through our website at whcbradio.org. That's whcbradio.org. Or you may mail your questions to the Bible Class, care of WHCB, Post Office Box 5, Blountville, Tennessee, 37617. Here is Dr. Hill with today's lesson. Welcome to the Bible class. We're studying the general epistle of James. And we are here in chapter 1, beginning at verse 19 in this session. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, for the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. That's verses 19 and 20. Wherefore, my beloved brethren. Notice once again, James takes us into his confidence and into his family. We are a brother to James in that we have placed our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so he says, because of the possibility, the probability, the truth of trials of your faith and those that come as temptations uh, to sin, wherefore we see that God provides this way of escape, wherefore we know that every good gift and every perfect gift is from God the Father through Jesus Christ. Wherefore, we have been begotten by the word of truth, that is, by Jesus Christ himself. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. Slow to wrath, slow to speak, swift to hear. Now, what is this all about? Well, we know that God would have us to be quiet before him. We know that God would have us to listen carefully. So here, James is in his own proverbial way, the way of Proverbs of the Old Testament, is telling us, let us quickly listen, but let us very slowly speak, and don't get angry easily. Because, verse 20, the wrath of man, this anger that you have within you, worketh not the righteousness of God. The righteousness of God is not found in the wrath of man. C.I. Schofield said about at least this one portion of the scripture about the righteousness of God. He said the righteousness of God is neither an attribute of God nor the changed character of the believer, but it is Christ himself who fully met in our stead in behalf every demand of the law and who is, by the act of God, called 
imputation, Leviticus 25.50 and James 2.23, made unto us righteousness, 1 Corinthians 1.30. The believer in Christ is now by grace shrouded under so complete and blessed a righteousness that the law from Mount Sinai can find neither fault nor diminution thereon. This is that which is called the righteousness of God by faith. John Bunyan wrote that. The righteousness of God is Jesus Christ. And here, in verses 19 and 20, we see that we are to be quick to hear. Listen, listen, listen. Uh, The old saw that was given to us as children was, God made two ears and one mouth for you. What do you think of that? You should listen twice as much as you should speak. And that's what we were told as children, and it's true. Even to this day, we have two ears and one mouth. Maybe we should use the mouth less and the ears more. So let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. Verse 21, Wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. I like the word superfluity. I like that word. Superfluity of naughtiness. My, what what a thing we see. It's overflowing wickedness is what it is. This superfluity of naughtiness is an absolute overflowing of wickedness. The engrafted word is the implanted word of uh, verse 21. We could call it implanted word, the engrafted word. It may reflect Christ's parable of the seed planted in the four different soils in Matthew 13, 3 through 9. Both Christ and James focus on the proper hearing of God's word. We find that in Matthew 13, 13, verse 19, 20, 22, and 23. One needs to hear that word, for it is able to save your souls. Though this phrase accurately describes the word's work of producing initial salvation, it is better in this context to understand it as the word's ability to preserve and mature the Christian's life through trials. So writes Charles Ryrie. And so here in this strange use of words, superfluity of naughtiness, we see that we are to lay aside all filthiness and the overflowing of wickedness. We're to lay it aside. We're to lay it apart. We're not to have anything to do with it. We're to receive with meekness this engrafted word, or we might see it as the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. So, in this first portion, we see that James is giving us very solid 
advice, and exhortation. Since God has brought us to himself through Jesus Christ, we are to live as we should for him. We should understand the word of truth is the gospel as it has been given to us in the word of God. We should understand that we are to, well, let's look at verse 22. We're to be doers of the word. We're to be doers of the word. This is how we test our obedience or how we show our obedience, how we show the work that comes from the work of faith. Verse 22, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is likened to a man beholding his natural face in a glass or a mirror. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deeds. Very simple, very practical, very important for us to understand. If we are a hearer of the word, we hear it, we listen to it, we take it to heart, but we don't do anything with it, then it becomes worthless because we're just as when we look in the mirror and forget what we look like. Oh, let's say uh, we look in the mirror and we see some sort of dirt on our face. Let's say there's a spot of dirt on our face. And uh, we turn to do something else and we forget about that spot on our face and we go out into the public with a dirty face folks would look at us a little funny and wonder why we're walking around with a dirty face. Well, it's because we forgot. We took a look at our physical being, but then forgot what we saw. And that's the problem with one who hears the word, but does not do the word. They forget what they've seen in the mirror of God's word, in the looking glass of God's word. And then we have the but again. We have but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. That's verse 22. And then verse 25, but whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty. Now what is this perfect law of liberty? It's the law of Christ. It's Christ himself. And is it's, it's his teachings. And continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed, in his work. Uh, he is not only a hearer of the words, but he's a doer of the work. And that is what we must have if we are to be what God would want us to be. And we're looking here at verse 26. This is the test of true religion in verses 26 and 27 of chapter 1 of James. If any man among you seem to be religious, and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain. 
pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and the widows in their affliction, and to keep himself unspotted from the world. I've met people who are very much trying to do pure religious things. Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this. They visit the fatherless, they visit the widows in their affliction, the orphans and the widows. But there's a second part to that that is required as well. And to keep himself, that's the person who is the one undertaking pure religion, to keep himself unspotted from the world. Now, what is the world? We know what it is. It's the world system. It's the cosmos. That's the word most often used in the New Testament for world is the cosmos. And the cosmos is the world system. And so we keep ourselves unspotted from the world system. And what's the world system? Dog eat dog. What's the world system? He who has the most gold is the winner. What's the world system? Might makes right. What's the world system? Take care of number one. What's the world system? Well, you get the picture. You can take any of the world's sayings and extrapolate from there what the world system is all about. It is about debauchery. It's about degradation. It's about sin. It's about turmoil. It's about uh, testings and trials, but it's about all sorts of superfluity of naughtiness. Love that word. It's about this overflowing wickedness that's in the world at large. So let's go back and let's take a look again at where we've been today. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. We cannot come to the Father through Jesus Christ in our anger, in our wrath, in our wickedness. We can't do it. We're told to be angry and sin not. When I look at verses 19 and 20, I'm reminded of those who have to take anger management classes and the anger management classes oftentimes do not help them because they do not have control of their anger. They don't have control of themselves. Wickedness has control of them. Wrath, malice, contentiousness has control of them. But if we are to follow Jesus Christ, we are to abandon this wrath of man for the righteousness of God. And because of that, we are to lay aside, set apart, all filthiness and the overflowing wickedness and receive with humility, with meekness, with constrained power, the engrafted word, the implanted word, the imparted word of God, which is able to save our souls. Remember, James is writing to these that are in the church 
who may or may not be followers of Jesus Christ. James is writing to the church at large, the church dispersed. There may be a mixed multitude in with the church. There may be a number of people in the congregation of the righteous who are not of the congregation of the righteous. Oh, they stand there, but they are not part and parcel of the righteous ones. And that's why he's giving us, in this portion of chapter 1, his tests. Be ye doers of the word. Don't let your wrath come out. Listen, listen, listen. Slowly speak, slowly get angry. Don't allow it to overtake you. Be ye doers of the word instead of hearers only. Don't deceive your own selves. Don't be as that humankind going before that mirror, looking in the mirror and then forgetting the spots, stains, blemishes, and trouble. Don't allow it to be mirror, mirror on the wall who's the fairest of them all. Don't allow the mirror to talk to you and then you forget it. Don't, don't allow the mirror to show you who you are and then you abandon the view of who you are. But if we look in this perfect law of liberty, the law of Christ, if we look into this wonderful gospel of Jesus Christ, if we look into the words that Christ the Master has given to us, the Lord and Master of our lives has told us and taught us and helped us to learn, when we come to that and we continue in that, we walk in that. We live in that. We raise our children in the Word of God. We, we work with our grandchildren to raise them in the Word of God. Then, we're not a forgetful hearer. We've remembered what God's Word says. We've remembered the truth in the Word. And we are a doer of the work. Not just a hearer of the Word, but a doer of the work. This man, this human being, shall be blessed in his deed. The work of this one will be blessed because it is a work that is given through Christ himself. And then there's the test of true religion. It's twofold, really. One is keeping yourself unspotted from the world, and that's taming your tongue, as well as everything else. If you're religious and you don't bridle your tongue, then your religion is worthless, it's vain. And then verse 27, pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this. Okay, here it comes. To visit the fatherless, that's the orphans, and widows in their affliction, and to keep himself unspotted from the world. Any easier than that? Can you understand that? Of course you can. You can understand it. The question is, will you receive what Christ is giving you through James? Through this epistle of James that's sent to the church at large, but it's sent to you personally. I think I, think I will go to verse 8 of chapter 1. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. You can't serve... God and mammon. You can't serve God and anyone else, anything else. Uh, 
any concept else. You must serve God. And I'll go to verse 22. But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. And then verse 26. If any man among you seem to be religious, and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain. How's your religion today? Are you double-minded? Are you unstable? Are you a doer of the word or a hearer only? Have you bridled your tongue or is it loose at both ends? Those are questions for you to consider. Thank you for joining us today for this edition of the Bible Class with Dr. Kenneth C. Hill. You may reach us by email by going to our website, whcbradio.org, and sending us an email on the Contact Us link. That's whcbradio.org. If you prefer to use the Postal Service, our address is the Bible Class, WHCB, Post Office Box 5, Blountville, Tennessee, 37617. That's the Bible class, care of WHCB, Post Office Box 5, Blountville, Tennessee, 37617. You may also call us at 423-878-6279. Until our next Bible class program, we are trusting that the Lord will richly bless you as you serve Him.